They came to our world long ago, Ted said. And now they're out there, in the depths of space, far away. Or maybe they're under the sea, far below. There are the old ones, the oldest and the only. Older than us, older, older. That is not dead, which can eternal lie, and with strange aeons, even death may die. Old Ones Productions. Quality art prints, t-shirts, and chess sets for horror and science fiction fans. Because you never know when you might need Cthulhu, Commander. Find us in the Lave Business Directory, or alternatively at www.oldonesproductions.com. Hello? Hello, Commander Powell. This is June from Cowell and McGrath. I'm calling about your accident. Oh, yeah, well, I can explain that. That Type 6 came out of nowhere. I didn't even see it. Yes, Commander. The pilot said you weren't looking left or right, or up or down. Not even a glance. Just staring straight ahead. Well, you know what visibility is like in those new Diamondbacks. It's like having your neck in a brace. The pilot of the Type 6 doesn't think it's funny. He's got to wear one. Oh. Oh dear. I regret to inform you, you will lose your no claims bonus on this. Hey, I've been a customer of yours for years. One of our worst customers. Four counts of ramming, oh. three counts for scraping paint yeah. off the dock well, entry, two counts of missing well, the pad, was... and one count of getting stuck in the toast rack. Oh. Tell me, have you ever considered an Ed Tracker? Ed Tracker, the low cost tracking solution for Elite Dangerous and more. No drivers, no cameras, and lightning-fast responses. Ed Tracker Pro. See what you're missing. This will be great for CQC. Track my targets, manoeuvre around objects, and I suppose if something really nice-looking flies past, I can have a good stare. You still need to watch where you're going, Commander. Available from edtracker.co.uk and at LaveCon 2016. Ed Tracker intended for social, domestic and pleasure use. Any use for racing, buckyballs, goat protests or SRV rallies is entirely at your own risk.
Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 115 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Alan Stroud, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are Mr. Escape Velocity, it's Commander Thane, Chris Jarvis. Greetings, Commanders. And we have Ross Woodward. Greetings, Commander Stroud. And we also have Colin Ford. Hello, everybody. And in the background, pulling all the strings, um, but also with a little bit of pain. Uh, he's struggling through, and we really appreciate it. It's Grant Walcott. Hi, Grant. Hello. <laughs> you know, it really annoys me when Grant has nicer audio toys than me. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know how quickly he manages to pull these things together. It kind of, you know, you, you think, well... You know, did he decide that on the fly right in the last minute? You, you never know. You know, so we we cannot predict, can we? We cannot predict. Okay, so if you want to join us, you can join us live. We should be hanging out in games somewhere between the Planet Lave and Lave Station. Just look for the unidentified civilian broadcast um, if you want to find us. Uh, if you can't get a game, then we're also on the IRC chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com live. And of course, we're live on Twitch TV slash laveradio. Now, um, stuff's gone on. You know, there's, there's, there's a few things that have happened. People have got news. Um, but generally, on the Elite Dangerous front, it's been a little bit quiet. However, I say a little bit quiet. Obviously, for, for some people, not quite so quiet, particularly as uh, one of our topics is to discuss the dangerous games, which, let's face it, has not been as quiet as, uh, as anything else. Okay, so first of all, then, it um, falls to me to kind of say to people what you've been up to. So, Colin, what have you been doing? Well, at the moment, I have been discovering uh, that the police uh, in the Empire are very efficient. Uh, so far, I have lost one Cobra Mark IV and one Cobra Mark III to uh, police vipers, mostly due for a 400 pound, 400 credit bounty. Um, I thought that when you actually got shot down, the bounty was cleared, but for some reason, it is now just reset and suddenly appeared, and I've got a dormant bounty. Uh, so I'm a bit confused with that. So <laughs> I've decided that since I've still got another five days, I'm going to go exploring for five days, see how far I get, and then come back again, hopefully when this dormant bounty has disappeared. So, uh, yes, I was trying to do a, a mining tutorial at the time, but, uh, well, I, all I managed to prove was how easy I am to shoot down, so. Anything else been going on? Uh, let's see, uh, well, preparations for uh, a certain event in a couple of weeks. <laughs> at the moment, I am literally skinning a cobra. Ah, okay. Yes, yeah. I, I've, I've come up with a, a wave to for the uh, elite miniature models that I've got to look pretty without having to resort to painting them. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So, yes. Uh, we'll there many ways be to skin a cobra? There are two ways to skin a cobra and there are four ways to skin a sidewinder. Ah, okay. I'm sure there will be a cooking class on Top Shift at some point where <laughs> <laughs> that will all be explained. Ben, what have you been up to? Uh, in game, I've been helping out with the oh the 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 the, the um, I can't remember the name of the event that's going on. The great big games? event. That's the one. Oh, I've been dear. helping out. I've been helping Galcorp out with the dangerous games, and then to make back the money I 
basically spent um, selling and filling up large ships with rare goods. I went off and started doing some bounty <laughs> hunting with other goal. Um, that's about all I've been doing in game. Real life wise, I've been well. I've not been the one going to the A and E, but my son decided he would go and do a roly poly down our flight of stairs. Okay. And he ended up with a massive um, egg on his forehead, another one on the back of his head, uh, another one around about the middle of his head. He said his neck was sore. Uh, we had ambulances round and all sorts. Oh. Uh, but he's fine. Okay. You know, he bounced. He's, he's that's, a bit like his dad. Perhaps. That's that's good to hear that he's fine then. Not good to hear, obviously, that uh, that the other stuff went on. Uh, up to Commander Thane. Sorry, there was an audio drop out there. I didn't hear who you said. <laughs> Chris, what have you been up to? Oh, I'm good. I've been uh, doing a few things. Obviously, I've been working on getting the Chaos Reborn audio drama finished. Um, was really hoping it would be finished in time for, for LaveCon. I don't think it's going to be there in a physical format, um, but if I can, I will. Um, but I've also been working on some uh, Escape Velocity merchandise because obviously Escape Velocity is a thing again uh, and people are, are very kindly supporting it through Patreon. Um, and if you've if you've only just heard of this thing, uh, then it's patreon.com forward slash Radio Theatre Workshop. Um, but basically, yes, Escape Velocity is coming back very, very soon. And I thought LaveCon was a good opportunity to maybe get some uh, merchandise out for it, um, partly because I know that, you know, people like to have swag with things they like on um and and also because you know if i can if i can do it well then it will obviously help raise funds um to make the series as you know as well in, in addition to patreon so uh, i've put in an order of um some travel mugs this time i know this is you know not quite in keeping with the usual cascade of elite themed ceramic mugs <laughs> um but i've decided to go with there are some nice travel ones um and possibly t-shirts i can't promise t-shirts because i'm not sure that the lead times will allow me to actually get them done before LaveCon, but maybe. So always, always, that. always tricky, he says, with several boxes of T-shirts downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I just, I just didn't get on top of it. I didn't get on top of it it's, soon enough. Yeah. And I've only recently had the the fantastic artwork through from uh, Kevin Massey. For those of you who don't know, with some of the Patreon money, uh, what we've done is commissioned Kevin Massey, who does the Elite Commander portraits, to produce some original artwork for escape velocity which is really exciting for me um in fact actually this is the first live radio i've been on i've been able to talk about it so i've been kind of enthusing with my backers but not able to share with anyone um obviously escape velocity has never really had artwork of its own because i am no particularly great artist uh, and everything that i've done previously has been essentially you know using either screenshots from the game or even going back some of the original prototype art for the game with just some kind of photoshop fonts and stuff over the top so kevin massey has actually produced us uh this really fabulous image which is the merlin fighter which doesn't exist in game so we finally have a decent image of the ship that thane and may fly around in uh, and obviously he's got portraits of of thane and may who uh, unfortunately look a lot like <laughs> Me and Amy, um, <laughs> which isn't necessarily what I always had in mind, but I, you know, it's, it's 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 nice actually to be able to kind of provide like a model reference for the characters, and in some respects, it's quite nice that Thane looks like me because I do spend a lot of time recording his voice. 
Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen that art, um, we should do something with it. I don't know if we can stick it up on the Twitch or um, if you if you do want to see it, go to the um, go to Facebook and do a search for Radio Theatre Workshop because I'm pretty sure I shared the art there. It might not be. It might be on the right. Commander Fane page. Is it on your Patreon page, Chris? Yeah, but it might be only actual backers that can see it. So that's a good way of doing it. If you go to Patreon and pledge some money. <laughs> okay, change of plan. If you go to Facebook and search for Commander Thane, Commander Thane definitely shared it. Um, so you can see there the, the, the portrait that Kevin painted, and it's absolutely fantastic. So the merchandise that I've been putting together for Escape Velocity is at the moment is based on this art. So, um, yeah, it should be really good. I'm looking really looking forward to seeing it myself. So, yeah. Excellent. Hopefully. And also, okay. if you ask me about other yep. stuff, <laughs> um, Animal Crossing Noir. I know people kind of take a shot or something when I mention Animal Crossing, um, but for those of you who may or may not know, Animal Crossing Noir is the audio fiction project that I did myself about two or three years ago and then didn't have time to finish. And it has recently been commissioned by a YouTube channel. They asked me for 10 episodes. So they've they've basically gone away and they've turned my audio thing into a kind of... It's like a motion comic. I think that's the best way of describing it. It doesn't have video, but it has still images of the game animated like a motion comic with my audio stuff over the top. And actually, I have to say, they're really good. <laughs> even, though, even though I say so myself. And the um, the first episode is up to like 5,000 views on YouTube, which is great. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm not 100% sure how you find it. Certainly, if you go to YouTube and search for Animal Crossing Noir, it will come up. Yeah, it does. It yeah, does I've had a really busy couple of weeks. You, you have. Goodness. Goodness me. I thought, I thought, you know, I thought I was going to be the one talking for longest, possibly. But no, I think you're, you're absolutely going to beat us all hands down. <laughs> Grant, what have you been up to? A lot of helping my brother get the new Hutton radio station, the streaming sort of side of things up and running. Um, he's been doing an amazing job there, so it's mostly him. And then I come along and tell him what doesn't work, and then he gets angry at me. That kind of thing, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I point, at, point at all the mistakes he's made, uh, and he then swears at me for a couple hours, goes and fixes them, and the end result is something that's... Uh, awesome we're desperate to launch it we're, we're trying to get it up and running on Thursday for our live broadcast on Thursday and it just it represents a much uh, fairer system as well where the actual royalties will be being paid not pretended to, to be paid so um, it's going to be a big improvement in that respect and a developer that listens and, and helps out which is great um, I've been. I did my VAT returns yesterday, and I know that whenever I say I did my VAT returns, Colin usually chimes in with, "Oh crap, it's that time of year again." <laughs> so, yes, I will. Oh, thanks. Oh, Jesus, I can't believe I did this again. Oh, thanks, Grant. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been really working on all the big jobs that I need to get done before LaveCon, and then then I can sort of relax into the the run up to it. But you know, we've got the mugs in. I've got um, oh various different little things that I'd forgotten about, like. Uh, I've got a couple of Blu-ray copies of the Conman DVDs, the Conman CDs. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, it was the Alan Tudyk mm. and Nathan Fillion uh, Indiegogo project. 
And so I'm going to put a couple of those into the, the raffle. Uh, we've got pink custard CDs to go into the raffle. We've got some Commander Human for the Mug CDs to go into the raffle. And these are all just little bits and pieces that we're just trying to make sure that we don't forget. Because they're the small details that are easy to forget and put to last. We're trying to get on top of everything so that when we come down... Because basically, once, I, once that van leaves the driveway, if I ain't got it, it ain't coming. Yeah, we had, we had a bit of that uh, discussion... Uh, during the week, didn't we, in terms of uh, Foz, I think, asked about stuff, and I was kind of saying, I might well be making two trips. And he was like, well, oh, you know, you should hire a van. And, you know, and it's like, actually, for me, the stress is trying to remember everything. So if I immediately say to myself, right, well, you're going to make two trips, then um, I stop stressing about trying to remember everything. And then if I do remember everything, and I can pack everything in the car, it's a bonus. So, you know, but of course... For me, it's only a 40-minute trip. For you, it's, you know, X amount of hours. So, of course, it's, you know, you've got to be absolutely on the money and everything there. Um, yeah, so any 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 in-game uh, exploits, uh, adventures? Not particularly this week. Um, I'm still being... Oh, you're, you're forgetting. You're forgetting. Oh. <laughs> so, you took me out for my first planet the other week That's um, right. which I don't think we've had a chance to really really catch up on on the show so I finally finally got to uh, to one drive around in a buggy and to to land um, land a cobra on a planetary station I haven't landed it in the dirt yet I did land it on a on a landing pad but um, yeah no it was fantastic fun um, the only problem was that I couldn't get back in um, so I'm I'm still stuck on the um, uh, <laughs> And I did yes, work. I did yes, work guys. We did wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Apparently, I've got a request request landing clearance, despite the fact that I'm in a buggy, and then I can get back in my ship. Yes, oh, docking um, clearance, technically. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Apparently, did I tell you that at the time. Uh, you told me that the next day. Oh, the next day was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there so was I, there was I, all I, kinds of funky stuff going on in our session that night. Anyway, it was yeah, yeah. it was quite buggy in, in a number of places, and it's just you know you would crash. It would just yeah kick us off the server, and then you'd be back in your ship ten k above the station, thinking what I was in the buggy. Uh, but it was uh, it was it was good fun winging up and going after um, getting those um, those hostages and uh, uh, attacking the. Uh, the ship that had the hostages that we had to to get loose, which was great, and it it really did. Um, much as I I sort of flew the Cobra rather than going and getting my my deadly little eagle, um, it did. Uh, you know, it, it it was a real nice sort of um, shake of the rust, to be honest. Because after about five or ten minutes, it all came back to me in terms of you know how I fly, what my tactics are, and everything else, which was lovely. So so yeah, so um, it was a you know to be fair, it was a nice sort of segue in to uh, to that um you know from obviously it was something you did and and then obviously i was there um and you know uh big up to the the people who were winged up with as well they were fantastic so we we had a really really good time i really really enjoyed it and i needed it because it was a one of those nights where it was you know uh, you kind of just needed to sort of get some of the love back which was was great okay so i'm going to try not to be as long as chris in terms of things that i've done so this week, uh, the, the things over the weekend were formatting every book I have into a paperback copy. Every book I've ever, ever made. I think the only one I'd, I'd previously done was The Sword of Wissamere. All the others 
got the formatting sorted out, got all the uh, the final type proofing and everything else done, there will be copies of every book I have published at LaveCon. Actually, no, I tell a lie, there will be one book that isn't there. And that one book will be um, A Bag of Bedtime Tales. So if anybody turns up and says, I really wanted a copy of A Bag of Bedtime Tales, I will. <laughs> Which uh, is my, my original um, fantasy horror short story anthology. But anyway, so every other book. So The Sword of Wissamir will be there. The Dragon of Wissamir will be there. The Lord of Wissamir will be there. Uh, Dreams of Chaos will be there. The Lawmaster's Guide will be there. And Elite Lave Revolution will be there with its nice new cover. It will be there in, in, in paperback. Uh, he says, praying that it will arrive in time, but yes, it will be there. And also, um, we will have copies of Crisis in, uh, Crises and Conflicts, which is the new compress uh, science fiction anthology that is being published this weekend. It features a story from me, and it features a story from Michael Brooks. And so we will both be reading from Crises and Conflicts at, uh, at the event, which is great. So we're going to have... Ah, oh, loads of merchandise, all these these different things that uh, the people have asked for. Last year, they also asked us for Elite Dangerous merchandise. That is is all in hand. That's on its way. We'll order. We'll be here. The T-shirts have arrived, so the LaveCon T-shirts are here. The gold ticket T-shirts, um, or the special T-shirts anyway, those are also here. Uh, yeah, you know, LaveCon's been, been all hands to the pump. Karen's been working her absolute socks off to get all of this done and to, to get it all organized. The schedule is about 80% done. We just need to just tweak a couple of things, and then hopefully we'll get that out in the next day or two. Ah, oh, loads, loads. I'm building Artemis machines, you know, basically all the time. I've got two machines that are currently being, being annoying, uh, but all the others are pretty much ready, and then I've got to update Artemis, because, of course, it's had an update since I've built some of the machines. Um... Ah, oh, just loads going on. Loads, loads, loads going on. Got to do a presentation on my work on Chaos Reborn and, and Elite Dangerous on Thursday, which is a PhD presentation. So I've got to talk about, you know, everything that's that's related to that. And then over the weekend, I got a call out of the blue. Exciting, exciting thing that I can't say everything about. To work with a third legendary game designer. Having worked with David Braben and worked with Julian Gollop and continuing to work with Julian Gollop because we're going to be working on Phoenix Point. Is it Dominic Diamond? No, no, it's not Dominic Diamond. No, no, sorry. It's not Dominic Diamond. Um, but yeah, no, I, I got a call out the blue to work on another project. So um, somebody liked my writing that I submitted them in January, uh, which is a couple of samples. And um, so I'm going to be working on, um, working on a, a third project, which I had to sign the NDA of this morning. So that was... That was exciting and fun. Uh, yeah. What's hmm? So what's that all about? Tell us more. <laughs> you know, I was really carefully saying nothing. You know, so what you do is ask me a blunt question. You know, no, I, I, I think I've run out of time. I'm afraid Chris Jarvis was, was, was massively long. So, um, you know, I don't want to take any longer than Chris. Um, I, I've also been working on some music for Chaos Reborn for him. So, uh you know, that's also to add and setting stuff up for, for stuff to do with that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, tons, tons going on, tons going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is one more thing. So we have the first snippets from the Lave Revolution film. That we can mention as well. So, yes, Chris Walton, um, 
excellent student of mine um, has now taken up the uh, the footage and is starting to produce the stuff. And um, Grant's giving him a little bit of a hand with some of the um, some of the in-game footage. Uh, we're also going to be looking to maybe record some of the in-game footage at LaveCon, and he's also doing some some other final recording at LaveCon. It's basically sort of pickups, as it were, little things that are coming up in the edit. But yeah, we've we've already seen the intro sequence, which is great. So we're going to be doing a little teaser at uh, at LaveCon to show everybody, and we hope to get it finished as fast as possible. Really, you know, there's no. Uh, Nothing barring us in terms of, of what's on that. So all good fun, all good stuff. Oh, sorry. Right. You know, we've been at this for, for 23 minutes. It's taken us 23 minutes to go through all the things we've been doing. So we've had busy weeks. What about Elite Dangerous? So let's have a look. <laughs> to start with. From the newsletter. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, well, first up, we've got development news. So we've got an update, haven't we? Which uh, you were saying earlier, Chris, you're currently in the middle of downloading that, right? It's done. It's done. It's finished. I'm ready Hooray! to go. Okay, Yay! right. So we've got an update. So if you're not in game at the moment or you've, you, you know, you've not been in game for um, a day or two, then obviously there's an update available to, uh, to get hold of. Do we have a patch list in relation to it? The patch it's list is very small. Okay. Bug fixes, bug fixes. Sure, sure. So just just small things. Yeah, no, I, I, I see it now. Okay, yeah. So essentially, you know, half of those are Xbox related, aren't they? So, you know, they're looking at um, small stability things and stuff. But, um, you know, always good. Always good to, you know, to get those things sorted out and to, to help anyone that's, that's struggling. Um, particularly, as we did say the other day, that um, we, were, we were struggling just a little bit. So then we'll move on to the newsletter, and the newsletter, well, little light on content, do we think, gentlemen? Very much so, I think. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a good reason that? for us to send them loads of LaveCon stuff to put in the next one. Just, <laughs> just, just fill the next newsletter with LaveCon things. Well, to, to be fair, you know, I mean, we do know that Frontier are gearing up to um, you know, to do their presentation at LaveCon and everything else. So occasionally we have seen in the past that they go a little bit quiet a couple of weeks before uh, as a lead up. But um, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, in here we've got a lot of lovely pictures. Um, you know, we've got a lot of, lot of lovely bits that um, that community members have managed to, to post in. So it's great to, to see. We've got a, a sort of cold blue snaky paint job. Which looks very nice, uh, the Medusa. That was a competition winner. Yeah, looks very. Yeah, pretty. did you notice? Because it took me a couple of looks to realise that the paintwork around the cockpit is actually the mouth with teeth. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, see no, it, it first time, but once you see it, it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's it's very clever. It's sort of a a pinched frown as well, isn't it? You know, the the sort of um, uh, the pinched frown of the face. I thought was uh, was very uh, very sort of. Well, um, character, uh, characterful. Um, and then we have some uh, small bits talking about the dangerous games, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And then the French Coalition, Educating Ed. So Ed um, going and, uh, and having a, uh, a bit of a link up with, um, uh, with the French community to, uh, to, to do some racing and some bits and pieces. Uh, station griefing. Hmm. Is this a thing? Am I being commander <laughs> clueless? What, what, what's this all about? 
it's always I, I was surprised to see it in the newsletter um, because it's obviously you know, we... something that, that people do no it's not you're not reading it are you I'm, I'm looking at it. Did, did I not understand Get, it? Using a station <laughs> to grief people's always been in the game since what was his name? Fluffy, whatever. Um. Uh, and using the your sort of missile defences and things and limpets to, yeah. to trigger station defences. It's it's not that. No, this is kind of in the style of demolition derby, isn't it? Got ben? it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. So the I five longest against the station guns. Yeah. Right. Effectively. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting. I mean, you know, to start with, obviously in eighty, I, I don't know if you guys played with. Um, did anyone play with the cheat codes in Original Elite? Mm, not in the original. Ah, okay. So there was a cheat code, right, on the Amstrad. Anyway, wasn't obviously original. Original Elite wasn't the the BBC version, but on the Amstrad there was a cheat code that allowed you to make space stations vulnerable to missiles. So essentially what you could do is attack a space station, start the, start the Vipers coming out, and if you could then hit it with a missile, it would blow up. And it was amazing. And then you hyperspaced away and you came back and the station was there again. You know, um, But yeah, you could basically, as soon as you had got to a stage where you know, your ship was powerful enough and everything else, and you really weren't, um, you weren't having any kind of combat challenge from any other you know, any other sort of encounter. Really, the, the sort of stream of Vipers coming out of a space station was probably the only combat challenge you'd have or going to witch space. And you could, there was another cheat code you could put in and you'd automatically hyperspace into witch space. So, you know, there were, there were two ways to, you know, to get lots and lots of ships destroyed and try and enhance your elite rating and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, that was that was station griefing, effectively, um, although we, we didn't use the word griefing back then. Um, so to start with, I thought looking at the picture, this was a little bit like that. But um, no, this sounds much more fun. Um, and uh, the idea of the you know of trying to survive it is obviously is is interesting, um, particularly if it's not you know sort of unfairly nudging someone else into the guns. So yeah, has anybody tried it? <laughs> no. <laughs> not, inten not intentionally and certainly not with a like, shall I go and jump into a sidewinder and we can do it live in game sometime tonight would, would you want, do you want to give it a go um, I, my thought was my thought was a sidewinder would be ideal because of course if you can you know if you can sort of get around the um, the infrastructure you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously talking completely off the top of my head here I'm sure there are experts who know a lot more than me and you know, and I'm not Michael Gove, so I believe in experts. Um, <laughs> but the the point the point being is that um, uh, with a sidewinder, I guess if you can set up for silent running, then that may help. You know, maybe you can get into the infrastructure and and you know send the ship dark and maybe also, they'll, the idea they'll... Of flying around inside the infrastructure without any shields is a bit hairy. <laughs> well, you said you were up for a challenge. Well, I have an idea, so I'm going to go try it. Okay, all right. So, yes, so Station Griefing, interesting. Um, then we have CQC, which uh, they've mentioned, which um, uh, they obviously have just had the official Elite Dangerous channel where they've been looking at uh, uh, the arena. Uh, 
We have a little bit from Gownet, as we always do. I've said before, Gownet's so much clearer, so much conciser now in these lovely split paragraphs. And then uh, a little bit of talk about, um, you know, the other bits and pieces that are going on. So, yeah, it, you know, there's some stuff on the unknown artifacts. I've, what what you were saying essentially is right. It's a little bit light. But the big thing that is the, you know, the main thing is kind of since that is the dangerous games and what's happened in the dangerous games. So, gentlemen, do you want to take us through the latest updates on the dangerous games? Colin? Oh, I was, I was hoping to hand over to Ben from this one. Well, he's he's in the middle. He's in the middle of running a sidewinder around the infrastructure of a space station. So, you know, oh. I mean, it's okay. I can delay that for a couple of minutes. Okay, um, all right. So, try calling me again because I just got a phone call from her, and I just said I'm in the middle of the show. What's up? So I might have okay. to go quick. Okay. Right. Well, Colin, tag Colin. Just say tag Colin. You're in. You know, and we'll <laughs> and we'll obviously we'll 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 chime in with with our thoughts as things go through as well. Okie dokie. Well, anyway, we've had the first round of the Dangerous Games. It was very exciting. It started last Thursday. And the basic premise of that round was to go and do some smuggling from of Gilea signature weapons from Bell Orbital, in the Gilea system, obviously enough, to Gohar Station in the Jared Air system. Uh, and the Gohar Station is around about 525 like 525,000 light seconds away from the star, which was taking around about 25, 30 minutes or so to fly there with illegal content in your cargo bay. So, of course, you're getting interdicted. You're having to sneak past the police and everything like that. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, you're doing, you're doing some good smuggling there. Um, and it was about five or six jumps for me and my ASP. Um... I wouldn't say, I know Frontier have been saying that they're looking for things to be different from your usual community goal. I wouldn't say this was massively different from a community goal. Um, it's, it's, it was fun, but I wouldn't exactly quite, I wouldn't quite call it unique because I've seen other rare trading mm -hmm. goals and things like that. Sure. Whole, you know, for example, the Hutton one. Although that yeah, was scrap sure. Legal, um, but the there are two groups which have completed it: the EG pilots, which and EG stands for the Elite Games pilots, and they're basically a Russian-led consortium of gamers. Um, and then Galcop came in second with that, and they're. They're another uh, coalition of, of gamers, uh, but they're maybe a little bit more widespread, I get the feeling. Uh, a bit more Western European and American rather than Russian. Not that that matters to anyone, but anyway. Um, we do have the Social Aloo Progressive Party, the Border Coalition, the Alliance League Diplomatic Corps, and the Inter Interstellar Communist Union, who are still to finish, so... They've got, what day is today? Tuesday, they've got two more days to get their fingers pulled out. So hopefully they'll all come aboard. <laughs> yes, I am backing away from Cold War comments. No, it was just, it was just you, you, you kind of um, 
the <laughs> the whole the whole sort of point in relation to you know to what we have. I think I, you it's, know it's like it's it bears a relevance because of time zones actually. Yeah, yeah, um, and this this was the point I wanted to come on to, which was the um, you know it's quite clear that um, you've got different surges in relation to the activities based on yeah based on the time zones and based on the time zone difference can you can you just i just want to home in on this can you explain to me because we know that eg pilots essentially won this didn't they um yes. how yeah because the numbers that we've got in the notes um would suggest that galcop won it so they were was first. say again they EG were what? pilots first passed the post Ah, I see. So they had to. They had to collect. I see. So they had to collect one hundred eighty thousand. Did they? Was that there? Something along those lines. Yes. And sure. Sure. Right. I understand. And Galcop got one hundred eighty-five thousand, mm-hmm. but you know, they made it over the line just before Galcop did. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, full kudos to the EG pilots. Mm-hmm. They basically they realised that the. Oh, that uh, Gilia was in Boone during Russian peak hours, mm. which meant they were able to get more more of the rare goods. And they basically, they, they realized that, they pulled an all-nighter, and they, they snuck in. And that's, you know, they put yeah. in the effort, they, got, they did it. Fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and, and I think one of the things that, that struck me about it is in the aftermath of it, um, there was some really, really um, great uh, sort of sportsmanship comments coming out of the Galcop group. Um, I, you know, I know we we discussed those during the week, didn't we? A little bit. There were some lovely comments coming out, you know, where they were basically, you know, very congratulatory of the EG pilots, but at the same time, you know, gutted that they they didn't win, you know, which was, uh, you know, which, which you would in any competition when uh, when you're working hard to, you know, to do something uh, like that. So. Yeah. So um, essentially, what does this mean in terms of their winning this? Um, does that mean because it's only a round, isn't it? So does that give them essentially uh, some sort of advantage? Um, EG pilots are on six points, and Gal Copper on five points. Right. And I think at the moment everybody else is on zero points unless they actually do something. Okay. So, um, but that you know, so it's, it's only one point in it at the moment, and that can be easily picked back next week. Sure. So, any any thoughts, chaps, about um, about the um, the dangerous games? Um, any thoughts about you know how this sort of uh, went down over the last week? Well, I guess well, I, could, the... I really enjoyed it. Um, I was I helped on Thursday and a wee bit on Friday morning and lunchtime, uh, filling up or not orcas filling up. Oh, the Imperial Clippers and other mm-hmm. large ships. Um, just you know, and it was a nice sense of community that I've not really experienced actually since some of the Hutton runs, because obviously it's a coalition of teams. Mm. So I wasn't just playing with Paladins, or I wasn't just playing with um, oh the fro- uh, the Diamond Frogs, you know, who are teams I I normally. Yeah, I, I play with and I know a little bit anyway. I was playing with a bunch of other commanders who I've never met before, and that was really nice. It does seem to be about um, well, 
what are you write about five thousand people contributing to these things uh, that's a that's is that a little low for these community goals well the the Hutton mug uh, goal had just what, over three and a, three and a half thousand commanders that were crazy enough to run scrap out to Hutton orbital and it kind of gained popularity. So yeah, I would I would agree with you. I think it is quite low in the numbers, especially when some of these groups of you know large amounts of members available to them. You would expect uh, a much bigger turnout. But I think because it's just another community goal, um, it kind of fails to to grab the attentions. I mean, if they had a community goal and then opened up and did some kind of war against each other, that would be, you know, a spectacular way to battle it for their, for their sort of uh, final places. But, of course, the difficulty always in these kind of things is that um, people get turned off by PvP and don't take part either. But I think, you know, some kind of... I uh, don't know what the community goal is going to be. It could be bounty hunting next week, you know, or it could be yeah. uh, exploration to, to explore and to see which of these communities can bring back the most data the quickest and that kind of thing. So uh, I think it just didn't tick all the boxes yet. Or maybe it's just not been shouted from the rafters enough uh, to, to, to capture some of the other... Because I think it was a 1% of the user base. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it at the end of the day, you know, you've only got certain mechanics that you can use to you know to encourage a type of pvp and a type of you know of working together and this is you know let's face it um this style of pvp this kind of pvp i think most people really enjoy because it is still competitive isn't it you know it's still pvp it's just it's collaborative in terms of what you've signed up for and so on and so forth so you know, it seems to have been played in a pretty good spirit um, uh, in terms of, you know, the way in which it's gone through. Um, would people agree with that? Well, so far, I, I would agree so. Uh, oh, sorry, I'll start that again. Um, yeah, I would agree so far. Um, there hasn't been the usual complaining and bitching on the on the forums whenever one of these things happen. I think everybody's come to the conclusion that, you know, this this is uh, this is something where PvP is going is to be expected, mm. uh, and uh, the people that uh, know what to expect on those kind of things, then they've gone to the solo mode. Mm. So I, I think the community's kind of learned that uh, those that actually want the PvP are sticking in open, and those that uh, are a little bit more reluctant, they, they've decided to opt for solo. Fair, yeah, okay. Uh, ben, you've got some breaking news. No, just I'm just agreeing with Colin that a lot of the stuff that we were doing was in one group or another, sure, uh, as opposed to in pure open, which you know, in some respects is a shame. I'd love it if Frontier could basically make it so that some event is only applicable in open mm -hmm. um, to encourage the PvP, basically. But sure. I also understand it's not for everybody's cup of tea. And I know that it would possibly drive a lot of people away from it. So, I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I, I confused two different different things on the newsletter I, uh, uh, or, or on uh, on the show notes rather. So, yeah, no, I, I thought you, <laughs> I thought the next thing that we're coming to was something that you had you had literally got hot off the press. Um, so that's my fault for uh, 
for sort of uh, uh, implying this was some kind of amazing exclusive, and it's not, unfortunately. I've picked it up now. Hmm. Um, so, sorry. No, I mean, one of the things that I've always uh, hoped for uh, is that there would be an event where everybody knew that you either took part in this event and it's PvP, or you don't take part in it. Uh, I think there's a, quite a few people clamoring for that kind of event, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see whether or not they can do it. Down as you get, you know, sort of longer in the tooth, as it were. A lot of the time, the areas and the um, the groups of players who are into to PvP become more known, and they kind of become more known to each other. You know, and I think we saw a little bit of that um, earlier. You know, uh, last year, perhaps uh, towards the end of last year, where we had two groups, sort of, you know, very very keen to to sort of put that up. Um, but um, but yeah, so you know, you you do tend to find that that can happen in a longer term and you can end up with with groups that understand that you know they'll switch sides they'll play against each other they'll play with each other you know they're they're more into the pvp sort of element and it only goes on in a particular area or a particular part but of course the only problem with that is that if it doesn't have um ramifications and effect for the wider game it's kind of a bit kind of a you know a sideshow and at the same time uh, the other problem is that you know if if people are attached to things and they that's not the kind of play that they want, then you know forcing them to be part of something is is never necessarily a good thing either. So yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? One to to think about. But certainly, I think the um, there was a lot of positives um, coming from uh, from this. Certainly in in what I heard from the way in which people were handling it. Any other thoughts? Okay, so let's move on down to the Epic Rescue, which I thought was an exclusive, Ben. I'm really sorry. So you were going to uh, mention this. Yeah, so basically, um, end of last week, a certain explorer by the name of Bomba Luigi managed to get himself stuck on a planet. Um, <laughs> basically, he was out exploring, and he went off and... He recalled his ship, and instead of his ship gloriously landing, his ship decided to just faceplant into the planet and explode. <laughs> uh, yeah, go on. Uh, now, what any normal person would have gone and done is put in a ticket, well, would have basically suicided, and then they'd have gotten back into their spaceship. Yeah. But Bomber Luigi decided to do a Martian on it instead, and no, I am stranded on this. I'm going to draw a massive SOS signal in a high up location to summon help to get, and I'm going to get rescued in inverted commas. Because um, obviously, we all know that because of current game mechanics, he can't actually jump into somebody else's spaceship and then fly away off to Lave Station mm, mm. to to go and get himself some some. Um, some Centauri Megagen. Or Brandy. Um, so what he decided he's going to do, he's going to go off and explore and try to find a suitable place to to write his SOS signal on. Um, and he started a thread on the forums basically explaining this. 
and some other commanders said, well, you know, we'll come out and we'll, we'll give you, we'll, we'll take you shipments of tea and things like that just to, <laughs> to help you out and to, to be nice. Um, and so f- so for, the, um, yeah? f- for the less aware, by which I mean me, how do you <laughs> write a message? You, well, as you might know, nowadays we can leave trails in on planets when we're driving around. Yes, but they're not persistent, though, are they? They are, apparently they are persistent until the planet is deloaded. If that's such a word. What, de- deloaded from, from what? From your own instance? From, f- from any instance, I'm imagining. So, you know, if I go off and write, draw... Okay, I'll, I'll pretend I'm Grant here. I go and draw a giant wheelie on the planet. <laughs> that will be there until I go away if nobody else is there. But if you're along and you point and laugh at that willy and you then remain after I've gone, that willy's not going to disappear, and so on. Okay. Interesting. Uh, that's what I understand. Now, that could be wrong, but that was my, that's my current take on it. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, he, 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 better than... Sorry, Ben. Um, he drew this... Uh, well, this sort he, of... he's not done this yet. Right. So in the middle of all this, yeah. he was basically trying to get to a location, and he fell down a big hole. Ah, right, okay. Like, and I by a big hole, I mean a big hole. Let me just try and. As yeah, I'm, talk, a big hole. Talk I'm looking. Myself. I'm looking through the images. I, you see, this this yeah. this is is a much more complicated story than uh, than I thought it was going to be. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. it's a seriously awesome story. Um, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's no there's no um, two ways about it. He's you know, it's incredible some of the stuff that's. Uh, that's happened in this, and some of the screenshots on the the thread are are stunning. Um, yeah, oh, you know. gonna, I'm going to bring them up just now for the Twitch stream. Sure. So okay. yeah, so it, I mean, it's it's worth looking on page 17 of the thread. Uh, if you go to maybe uh, post 243, then you'll probably find that there's uh, <laughs> there's an, there's some amazing screenshots. Um, it what's interesting here is actually it it sort of gives a bit of a uh, an interesting parallel to what has been discussed with No Man's Sky. Because obviously with No Man's Sky, the idea is that as you change environments, um, those environments remain the way you've changed them. Because the database is, everything is created as you arrive. But what happens is that the, the database retains the code related to so if you scratch something on a tree this was the idea that the devs talked about some time ago if you scratch something on a tree the next time you go back to that tree it will be recreated but the code will have changed so that it's recreated with what you scratched on the tree um so this is quite you know this is quite interesting in terms of the way in which um yeah the way in which elite is 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 playing around with you know sort of similar ideas of of persistence as it were, um, or at least not playing around, you know, not having the, not necessarily having the capacity. I don't know. I mean, you know, it would be ultimately, I mean, I guess what you're thinking perhaps this could be is if someone's stranded, they can then write a big SOS and then somebody randomly sees the SOS from space, comes down and rescues them. That's kind of what you're, 
you're hoping that's, for, that's isn't his, it? That's his role play thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's what you're he hoping knows, for. He knows he's totally doing it in role play. Um, yeah. Anyway, he got stranded down this massive, massive hole, and then over a si- couple of sidewinders and only sidewinders basically could fly into the si- into the hole. Mm. Eventually, he managed to jump on top of a sidewinder, <laughs> and then a sidewinder list- lifted him out of the hole onto a normal cliff path, and then they basically, some ships are in the middle, as I understand it, of escorting him up to a plane where he will write his SOS signal. And then once <laughs> he's written his SOS signal, then he's going to contact support and actually get a ship back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's nearly the, nearly the plan, but it's still, you know, it's still an amazing thing that we're essentially seeing these kind of... Um, these kind, these kind of group efforts, you know, things sort of being brought together, and I, I guess the forums become part of that, don't they? In the in the absence of um, of being able to, you know, to sort of find ways to contact each other via the the game, but at the same time, of course, there's there's a whole isolation element to it, isn't there? Because if he's on one random planet, then why on earth would anybody be able to contact him? Why on earth would anybody be able to? It's, it's sort of you know, it's, it's got sort of, um, you know, two sides to it, I guess, the sort of immersion element and the, uh, and the, uh, you know, the story element, you know, the narrative element that you actually want to, to bring something and encourage others to play and, you know, and have a good game based on your plight or your, your situation. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, the pictures are lovely. You know, the, certainly the sequence is lovely. And, and kudos to the, the Thunderbirds rescue team who, who helped him out um, as... Bomba Luigi says, shout out to them. Um, fantastic of them. Um, would love to see this SOS message. I do hope it, it, it maintains itself in some way. Um, we certainly saw, obviously, with that travel galactic map, didn't we, with um, writing, you know, that people had, had carefully carved out, uh, <laughs> you know, text in the, um, in the explored space, which I thought was, was interesting. So it's, you know, it's cool that um, these, these small things... Uh, moving on then. So we then have an unknown and new alien probe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it was first discovered Water- in Winter's Hole. <laughs> I was going to say it's past the watershed, isn't it? We're we're allowed to we're allowed to talk about an unknown <laughs> and new alien probe. Um, so um, apparently the federal the the empire is starting to formulate a response to the federal federal barnal barnacle blockade i mean okay i i i like the idea of the meta alloys plot and everything else but the federal barnacle blockade a barnacle (laughs) blockade the barney at the barnacles (laughs) a barnacle blockade you know it, it, it you're just seeing a load of trawlers around a you know some some small english port (laughs) <laughs> some man eating fisherman's friends <laughs> technically space wise you're, you're, you're spot on <laughs> oh dear um, so yeah so um, uh, the fe- apparently the, uh, um, the Federation shot down one of their own uh, friendly fire um, so yeah so you know a bit more about this Colin yeah well um, a couple of um, actually the last top shift actually I went yep. down to uh, the barnacles, uh, the Minope system, just to see what was happening. And I was lucky I wasn't shot on. Uh, I was shot at. And, uh, there was a big Farragut 
battlecruiser hanging over the barnacles, uh, and I was able to harvest them without any problems, um, which was quite surprising because I half expected to be fired on. But I must admit, it is quite frightening if that's you and your little buggy and you're looking up and you've got that two-mile-long behemoth above you and you're sort of they're, they're thinking, oh, I, I hope they still like me. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's someone out the port window looking down and going, there's one over there, there, him in the Jeep, you, you, you behind yeah. the bike sheds, stand still. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's a bit... Um, Interesting, because we're now seeing a lot more articles on, Garn- on Galnet about uh, the Imperial response, and uh, we, I have seen commanders a- attack the ship, uh, and of course it fires back in kind. It, but so far, when I, when I was down there, um, it only fired when fired upon. Right. What the, the worrying thing that uh, I saw was on the was in the Galnet where it suddenly said, "Oh, we accidentally shot down one of our own." I'm there yeah. thinking, "Well, should I go anywhere near it again?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a midshipman. <laughs> well, it, it it's interesting in that regard because obviously that that you know project uh, the the whole idea of that projects fear doesn't it a little bit and that's that's quite good within within a game you know you want you want unpredictable responses you want things that people aren't sure how things are going to react which i think is interesting certainly the the alien um uh alien items and the meta alloy stuff you know we're we're seeing more and more of that going on now which uh, i think is going to be uh, going to be great so um uh, so that will be really really interesting um, to move on, we have Jack's has been found. So um, I'm not even going to EOL Pru RST hyphen TD3 hyphen 94 20. Oh, right. Sorry. 22,000 light years from Seoul. Okay. So essentially, that's, that's where he is. Um, and I'm assuming that that, that's dis, that system is, has no nice, catchy name. It is, is just a designation system, um, which. Um, I'm sure, uh, you know, will be interesting for people to to go and find, and uh, and then obviously they can uh, uh, can go and have a look. But you might uh, you might struggle a little bit to uh, uh, to get it from my pronunciation of the of the tag. Um, but yeah, no. Um, as Ben's just said, we have Comet Born on the scene. Apparently, he says greetings from Jacks. So yeah, no, uh, fantastic. So um, if he's prepared to uh, to you know to uh, to let us know what the weather's like, then uh, it might be somewhere that people want to to go and check out and find out what's uh, what's going on with Jack Station, which uh, could be great. Okay, so moving on down. So we're kind of getting into a um, you know a section of of questions and other bits and pieces. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna touch on stuff to do with um, uh, with some of our, our you know the community event the big community event we're gonna talk about that um, in a little bit but we're gonna go through um, uh, we're gonna go through the uh, the the questions first and then uh, and then we'll sort of come to that so first of all from Ghost Giraffe who is at a Ghost Giraffe I'm assuming that's a Twitter handle. Um, Lave Radio Mars asks, which social events are you looking forward to at LaveCon? All right. So, guys, any particular 
sort of socialising you're looking forward to? Absolutely. The games lounge is by far the one thing that was brilliant fun. So once all the activities of the day are kind of passed, everyone congregates in the bar, plays games, and it is brilliant. Ben? I can only reiterate what Grant just said. Um, I yeah, I love all the events at Lave, but I at LaveCon rather. But I also at the end of the night, come after Dockers, so it's like midnight, one in the morning, playing games like Cards Against Humanity or Exploding Kittens, Ultimate Werewolf. It's just, it's a chance for us to relax and actually socialize with people, which is, you know, is kind of nice as well. Um, but it's just, it's just so much camaraderie and it's just a lot of fun. Chris? Yeah, everyone's kind of said that. I was going to mention the board games thing because that's that's always a great <laughs> icebreaker for people. Um, I was going to mention my own uh, panel that I'm doing, um, but that seems like massive self-aggrandizement. Um, I think I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to uh, getting to see people again. I mean, Elite Meet was, you know, was an absolute blast, and um, it's always a little bit. I, I actually found Elite Meet slightly easier in some respects than LaveCon because obviously at LaveCon. I'm sort of helping out and I'm doing things. Whereas Elite Me, I just went and was like, I'm just a punter here. I know nothing. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think uh, I'm really looking forward to the di- just the diversity of different stuff going on. I remember being surprised last year at just how interesting some of the panels were, um, you know, on different topics. So I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to see some stuff about that. Um, but yeah, I suppose I should, having mentioned it, I should really say what my panel is. Um, I'm doing a uh, a sort of introduction to audio drama for people. And this isn't an introduction to audio drama, uh, as in this is what audio drama is, here are some things I think you should listen to. This is a practical workshop. So it's actually going to be, I'm going to need sign-up sheets for it because it's going to be quite a small workshop. It's going to be for probably, I'd say, maximum 10 people. And what we're going to do is over the course of a couple of hours is we're actually going to record and put together and edit and produce a very, very short audio scene just to kind of give people a flavour really for all the different jobs that are involved in putting together uh, an audio drama. Um, and I'm actually doing, I'm doing two of those. I'll do one on the Saturday and I'm doing one on the Sunday and there'll be two completely, you don't have to come to one you know to do the other one it's two completely separate sessions so sure yeah um, no i so I, I mean if, you know. i was i was going to say i mean most of the activities are sign up on the day so uh, i think mm. we've got sheets at the desk for for pretty much all of it which um you know a, a chance to to sort of get some tips and tricks in relation to audio drama is always good fun and you know and it would be i'm sure people will benefit from the uh, from the little sort of expertise and and you know and ideas they put together with stories, it'd be be great to hear some of that. I think it'd uh, be really yeah. good. Can you just and, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I'm yep. you know because I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing some people's eyes open to the, the process behind how, how something like Escape Velocity is made, and hopefully sure. inspire you know hopefully someone will feel equipped enough to kind of go away and think actually I could do this um, sure because that's something I'm quite passionate about. Colin, um, any particular things, you, you being that uh, it's been a year or for you, so um, it'll be your first time at the Sedgebrook. Anything particularly you're looking forward to? Well, um, obviously I'll be running the miniatures games. <laughs> so um, I don't think, well, obviously the Frontier panel is always a highlight. 
Um, that that's one that I'm really looking forward to seeing. But then I, I think I I won't be able to see anything else because I'll be too busy running the games. Well, I'd hope to be honest. Um, you know, we do we do kind of say this every year. We we say that um, we try to keep the heroes in game, as it were. So we're hoping to be honest that all volunteers will not find themselves unable to do anything else. You know, that that you you'll be able to do the things you want to do, and at the same time chill out and have a, a good time seeing everything else that uh, that you want to get involved in. So, and certainly with the fact that the uh, the Sedgebrook's got all these lovely different rooms, I'm hoping that uh, it helps you kind of congregate and be part of what's what's going on. Um, and you're not far away from the the social area, so uh, very easy for you to just pop down the corridor and and be there or, or pop out. Um, round the corner, and then you're you're straight into the main room. So you know, should be well, should be fairly good. As, as long as as long as the players don't stress me out, so that I'm always down there getting a beer and bringing it back, I should be fine. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, for me, um, tricky one. What am I looking forward to? Uh, well, there's loads. There's loads going on, and and it you know, and I kind of don't want to sort of preempt a load of stuff, but there's there's, there's loads going on um i think i think what what i always look forward to is when stuff works <laughs> and i don't mean that in a um a, a sort of bad way that you know stuff doesn't work but stuff for months when you've looked at it for a long time and you're trying to make it make it happen you know that um that's always always very nice um at the same time you know people i mean Elite Dangerous really is about the people. It's about who's there. It's about seeing the faces that you only see once a year. Um, it's about sitting down and chilling out with those people and having a great time with them and, and just enjoying the content. Um, some of the stuff I'm involved in, yeah, you know that'll be that'll be cool. But uh, you know, there's plenty that I'm involved in that actually. I just want to go and find out what they're up to, you know, with, with different things. Um, I really want to, um, cause I haven't had a chance yet to see the elite miniatures game. So I do want to see how Colin's rules work and how that all, all runs. Um, I managed to get some, some X-Wing and some Armada miniatures. I'm really interested in, in actually getting a chance to use them. I expect that won't happen. I expect I'll be <laughs> too busy and I expect they'll, They'll they'll turn up and I'll bring them all and then they'll just sit in a corner <laughs> or get played by somebody else. But that's fine. I don't mind. Um, yeah. I, Unfortunately, you know, the uh, yeah the Armada game does have a tendency to last at least an hour and feel as if your head has been boiled by the end of it. <laughs> well, that might be a late night thing. So you know, my head will already be boiled by that point. So uh, so yeah. But you know, it's just going to be nice. And I mean, knowing that some people are you know are coming from such far away. Karen did a a heat map the other day of um, where people are coming from to come to LaveCon and seeing that people are coming from, from such distances just to, you know, to be part of the community is amazing. It's really, really cool. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing people and, you know, and finding out, you know, about what they've been up to uh, all year. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, th I think it's going to be tremendous and the Sedgebrook have always been great uh, at hosting us. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to um, to uh, another wedding fight in the in the bar. That would be that would be nice. No, I, you know, obviously we won't have one unfortunately this year. So, so which, if you were which, looking which of us is marrying that, someone? 
Yeah, I was about to say. I'm, yeah, yeah, you're I, not my you type. Just, no, not going to work. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's so much, so much that uh, is going to be great. Uh, the next question we've got on this list is from Sporks. Sporks. Yeah. Any chance of an American Lavecon? Hmm. <laughs> okay. So, for that to happen... <laughs> you, you, you. First of all, you've got to go one or two ways. Either it's got to be a, a a group of people get together in America and go, "Hi, we want to be LaveCon America," and then we we kind of go, "Yep, yep, that's fine," and you know, and kind of do it that way. Um, that's not inconceivable, but you know, obviously, that's that's a discu- a hypothetical discussion. Um, or we've got to go out to America and run an event, and of course, it, it, at the moment, I guess where I've talked about the fact that I'm probably going to have to make two trips with all the equipment and everything else. I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't know what I do. <laughs> Charter a plane just for me. That's, um, that's <laughs> you know, I, you I, can at I, least I, charter I, a plane for all of us, please. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I've got that much stuff, Ben. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can make a, I don't know if I can make a seat for you next to all the board games and other things that I bring along. You know, I just, I will, I will say that like with, with Alan's LARP events, when in previous years, when him and Karen have gone to events together, they've actually taken two cars because what they both have is a driver in a driver's seat and then all the rest of the car is full of the stuff that each of them are taking. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh... You know, we've done that, we've done that, we've done that, and we've done double trips as well. Um, we've, we've hired vans before, you know, when we've, when we've been particularly uh, with lots of kit. I remember one year we, we took a 300 crawlway Um so essentially, we had this event set up where uh, it was a mining system. So you had a tent uh, that had a crawl tunnel, and the crawl tunnel was made out of out of wooden boards. But it was oh, designed to be a mine shaft. I don't. Did you go down it? It was seriously cool. Oh, I did. This was uh, Eos. Gary's. Yeah. Yeah. It was the one yeah. in Milton Keynes. Yeah. No, yeah. it was. Um, it's seriously cool. 300, 300 feet worth of crawlway. And and you're basically in this crawl tunnel for 300 feet. It's it's incredible. But you're actually only in a you know uh, a wooden you know wooden tube as it were. Um, but yeah, no, that that was amazing. You know, we had that one year. We had um, as I say all sorts of tents that we've we've used at different times. The the makeup, the kit, the costume. You know, I have an entire garage full of costume, as, as some people know. Um, so yeah, so Costumers. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I mean, it is people, it is people waiting to put you in costumes. No, but I mean, going, going, yeah. back to the, going back to the question about America, I think one of the things that's always an issue about doing any kind of major event like this, particularly something with an established fan base in America, America's a very big place, and I don't think we always necessarily understand from like even a European perspective mm. just how far apart things are in America. So as soon as you then say to anybody, right, we're going to do an event in America and we're going to do it here, yeah. actually there's still plenty of play people in America that still wouldn't be able to get there. I mean, for the sake of argument, if we were to do an event in, say, you know, California somewhere, yeah. if there are elite fans in New York, they'd actually be better off coming to LaveCon in the UK because we're yeah. closer than they are to California. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, you know, I know the internal flights in America work slightly differently, but um, I think there is always that slightly big issue. I mean, this is why an event like Comic Con, Comic Con actually, ha- you know, people talk about Comic Con, but actually there are 
there are several of them that take place over the course of the year and they all happen in different states in america yep. just to kind of get people west coast east coast yeah, kind of sure. you know you know in, in sort of center stuff like that so i think it's it's very difficult i think you'd have to think very carefully about even where in america you would choose to do it um someone suggested in the the, the one of the chats that you know lavecon could have a presence at another big convention you know rather than necessarily doing the whole things ourselves mm. you know you could look at so like say something like comic con and say well we yeah. will have a, a lave con present but i don't know it just depends you know one of the things we benefit so much from from with lave con um you know, it really is you know frontier support for our event cannot be underestimated no absolutely um, and, and that's something you know they're obviously based in the uk and we're based in the uk so that's a really helpful kind of relationship to have um but at the same time you know Elite does have fans all over the world. It would be really nice to do something. Um, I think part of the problem is, you know, we'll get we'll get demands for an American LaveCon because we are, you know, English speaking, and um, America is broadly speaking English speaking. Uh, whereas I think, you know, maybe some of the other international communities that sort of have their own language and their own thing would probably be looking to organise their own events. Um, but it's you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously it is one computer game, and I mean certainly that's something we've thought about quite carefully with how LaveCon works. You know, it yeah. kind of has to be a bit more than one computer game. And I know, you know, the majority, the thing that binds us all together is we all love Elite Dangerous and we all love all the Elite games. But, you know, it's it's the other things as well that, that kind of make it great um, because you can do a bit of that and you can do a bit of this and you can do a bit of this and you can, you know, and, and that's actually... You know, the sign of a good convention usually is that you come away thinking, I should have done this. And then, of course, <laughs> that's great because next year that's what you'll go and do. So, you know, which is, is cool. <laughs> okay. It's uh, supposed to be a Douglas Adams there. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess it kind of is, you know. The, the, um, the idea so, that you generate more excitement by keeping somebody out of something <laughs> that they never know how good it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Actually present for something fairly average. Yeah, 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 <laughs> no, absolutely. That's, that's, that, 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 there is a, you know, there is a, uh, an incredible irony to that. Um, uh, Karash has asked, can I farm barnacles for metal alloys at LaveCon? Will there be free coffee? Can I have some? Yes, there will be free coffee. Um can you farm barnacles for meta alloys? Um, well, uh, yeah, I would guess so. Um, considering the, the land will be set up, hopefully we've, we've had a bit of a chat and received our instructions on, on land set up because obviously one of the things that actually would draw us out to America and would draw us out to do a LaveCon over there is that our chief tech from last year, James Trott, who managed the, the land for us so successfully, has emigrated because he's gone uh, to, to work for Microsoft. So um, uh, James, <laughs> before he left, left me all the kit uh, in terms of, uh, of setup. So John Staber and I have been poring over the instructions and hopefully we'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, so if, if we end up doing like, you know, LaveCon Seattle, that, that will be the explanation to people of why we chose well, yeah, it. Yeah, you know, we've just, just simply, <laughs> yeah, we've, you know, we, we, we have a man. We have a man out there doing the, you know, uh, uh, doing some doing some reporting for us and scouting out <laughs> locations already. Um, so we're going to have Leavecon Prime and Leavecon East, are we? <laughs> well, you know, it would it would depend on James and Lisa. So uh, you know, they are our 
though. I mean, to, to be fair, you know, um, they they are a formidable team, uh, the two of them themselves. So they could probably probably run the thing without uh, without the need for us. Um, <laughs> in terms of meta alloys, yeah, you know, as I say, if the land's all set up, Karash, then hopefully we will enable you to go and find yourself some meta alloys. Uh, then from Terry Horse Stevens, uh, when is the next Ignatius Riley commercial being released? Lots of scope, surely, with Brexit and enhanced. Yeah. Uh, it's taken us an hour and 20 minutes and, and Brexit's been mentioned. Uh, we avoided okay. it last week. Well, you know, you did, you did, you did well. Um, so, you just want me to swear for 90 minutes without taking a breath? <laughs> I well, I, I, I was just going to say, <laughs> all I was going to say is that, you know, potentially over the last two weeks, I think um, our, our satire bag or our, our satire tank has been has been nicely filled up for a variety of different skits and and, and ideas, and I'm sure many people's has. Um, you know, thanks to Twitter, I now know lots of uh, you know um, offensive things to call people now that I never used to. You know, uh, um, particularly the David Tennant thing, reading uh, comments about Donald Trump was excellent. Well, yeah. I, I never I never knew there was such a thing as a cockwomble. I know it's good, isn't it? Cockwomble is 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 well up there. Um, oh, I I wrote poetry, you know. I, that's the senior poetry. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, no, I, 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 I actually I brought it into the the Patreon thread for Escape Velocity about <laughs> um, the mugs because I was asking people whether they wanted ceramic mugs or travel mugs, and literally, like every other person, was saying the opposite thing. And I just said on there, if this ends up being like forty eight fifty two, I'm going to throw <laughs> something. <laughs> uh, in the end, it was it was it was fifty seven forty three, and, and I'm prepared to accept that as a mandate. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, as I say, I, I I got angry and wrote poetry. So you know, I think that's I think that's a productive way to uh, to deal with deal with your rage uh, in yeah. terms of uh, the way in which these things work. Uh, to be fair, you know, I mean, we've 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 had a, a, a slew of. Of excellent adverts recently, so it may well be uh, be interesting to see what um, um, you know what will come next. And uh, I'm sure yeah, there will be some nice real that. world references in terms of uh, of different bits and pieces. I was going to say just a huge shout out. I mean, because I've just seen someone in uh, Twitch chat say they really like the new Ed Tracker advert. Kudos to the Ed Tracker guys. I mean, they mostly wrote that advert themselves. Um, they didn't. You know, they didn't kind of come to us and say, "Can you write us an advert?" They came to us with a script, um, yeah. and I obviously, you know, gave it a, you know, a bit of a once over. Um, but yeah, really, you know, kudos to them. Really good script. Really well done. And on the on the subject of adverts, should we go to an ad break? Do it. I need a beer. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lave Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I hadn't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why, you're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast cargo bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. 
wow every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty, even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why, I feel so warm I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jumper. Lave Radio, it's even louder than me. Wait a minute, that can't be right. Ah, oh, bless. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we, we went to an ad break and um, and there was Chris still still there in, in the ad break, which uh, fantastic lesson. Um, it, it does it does amaze me just how many of the uh, the different adverts that we've now got, and it, it's wonderful to see that that obviously Chris started doing them. I did, and uh, then we get all these these brilliant submissions coming in from uh, from different people, um, which is fantastic, and it it's a great tradition to be honest. And I think that hopefully, possibly, you know, some of the stuff we do at LaveCon. I don't know what you think, Chris. You might well then have some, uh, you know. Um, uh, some adverts come out of that, or some advert scripts, or, or you know, uh, whatever sort of comes up. Let's hope so. So yeah, no, I mean it's and it's nice, you know, when you, you're sort of thinking about that sort of short, narrow focus of things. It, you know, it's nice to sort of get, you know, something a little humorous, something a little cheesy that uh, that kind of works in terms of of what you're trying to do. Uh, okay, so yeah, so we've been through the questions. Um, I. <laughs> difficult you know going through the the details here um to to say more about what we're what we're doing at lavecon um things i can share so things i can tell you that have been confirmed that are going to happen uh i think i've already mentioned books i've gone to town on lots of books last year the um convention goes asked for frontier merchandise at the event there will be frontier merchandise at the event uh last year we had an excellent talk from julian gollop on chaos reborn this year we have julian gollop on a live stream talking about phoenix point uh his new game um which uh will be awesome um then we have ah oh, just just panels different panels at the moment uh, that I've got to go and have a look through and, and you know, sort of make a, a few decisions on uh, what I'm going to attend, what I'm going to help with, what I can't help with, what you know, people are going to help me with. Um, then we got Artemis. Hopefully two rooms of Artemis. As I said earlier, I'm trying to build the PCs at the moment for it. So I've got 12 computers. Uh, I think currently I've got nine of them built. Uh, two of them are giving me trouble and I've got one more to, to finish building. So... Uh, so that should be fine. Uh, oh, readings. Yeah, we got uh, you know obviously some readings from from some of the uh, the different bits of, of fiction. So we're hoping to to have a nice selection of uh, uh, of readings available. That uh, that'll be great. Oh, just loads, 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 and just so so you you know to have it all sort of going on it's a good pressure at the moment you know that kind of pressure when you're you're putting something together you're trying to get everything done um and uh yeah you know it, it it just sort of it's a happy warm glow i am getting a few days free at the moment which is nice to to actually work on lavecon stuff which is great so um i think the end of this week i've got to work on a way team which is my board game which uh i want to make sure that there's a play test of that a proper play test of that last year we did a little bit of a play test ideally i'd like to be a lot further on than where i am i just haven't had time with the other projects but 
I do some some really good play testing of uh, of that. So yeah, tons tons of stuff. Uh, can you think of anything that um, that we haven't mentioned about LaveCon? You Jugger. just mentioned Artemis. Oh yeah, I, I mentioned artist Jugger. Jugger, yes, Ben. Jugger is very cool. If um, or, or rather, in July, it's not so cool. It's kind of um, if you're if you're thinking about coming and playing Jugger, do make sure that you um, you know you bring something you can run around in. Jugger is cool. It is rugby with weapons. Um, it is good fun. Uh, we provide all the kit, so we'll we'll teach you how to play. Um, if you want to find out a little bit about it, then um, go on YouTube and search for. Um, salute to the Jugger, the film with Rudger Hall in, which is actually a really, really good sort of dystopian B movie. Really good dystopian B movie. Well worth watching. Um, and yeah, so you know, have a watch of that. We have a, a slightly cut down version that doesn't involve quite as many deaths uh, and people getting their heads bashed in. Um, but you know, it, it does involve weapons and it is great fun and you will be taught how to play and taught how to, to hit people safely and, and stuff. So that will be good. Uh, we have our sponsors. We've already had their, their adverts up at the start of the show and yeah, Ed Tracker, we've already talked about an old one productions, uh, with, uh, Michael Brooks, who's obviously, he's bringing, uh, all sorts of Cthulhu merchandise. Um, as you know, you never know when you need Cthulhu. Um, which is always, you know, always well, a great thing. He's bringing his mighty axe. <laughs> yes, I have seen the mighty axe. If people have not seen it, this is an amazingly forged uh, weapon that he's he's got custom made from a guy in Ireland, another guy called Mike in Ireland, uh, who makes these things for people all over the world. Um, incredible. So yeah, be very very interesting to to sort of see uh, in relation to to that. Uh, Ben's just prodded me about Pulsar. We're going to try and get Pulsar running if we can. Um, the only issue with getting Pulsar running is that um, it might be in the Artemis rooms and we weren't sure if we'd have enough computers. So we're going to see if we can get Pulsar running and it depends obviously on what people want. If people haven't played Pulsar, then then that's certainly interesting. Yeah, we have retro gaming from uh, uh, Stephen Usher, um, which is going to be very cool. Uh, we have Retro Lave, I believe, is is doing a feature of um, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, uh, I think is the is the planned game for, for Retro Lave, I think. Uh, Ian Honcharenko is helping with that, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yes, He's he going to be telling a little bit about the modding stuff of it. Yep, yep. so that will be, that will be fun. Um, yeah. Oh, oh. Man, there's so much going on. You know, it, it it just it blows my mind that we've got this amazing convention with all this content. It's going to be so cool. And see all these lovely people. It's going to be just awesome. So, yeah, yeah, really, really excited. Can you tell? Oh. <laughs> the closer it gets, the more exciting it gets. It doesn't, you start talking yeah. to people and then, you know, the, I mean, the biggest fun part is definitely when you meet all those different people. And, yeah. you, you know, it, it's in fact, the panels become... Discussion points for the tri trip to the bar, <laughs> you yeah, know? and it just fuels itself. Yeah, which is, is kind of, sorry, you're breaking up on me, Grant. Yeah, sorry, Hello? I have power issues with the mic there, but yes, ah, um, yeah, the, all the panels and things give discussion points. It's just, yeah, there's a, a convention that just fuels itself, and of course, the thing that does make it the most is the people that are there. So, um, a good crowd this year, so yeah, it should be awesome. 
Yeah, Even really. Well, there's something we forgot. We forgot about Grant's VR demos and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we've got some. We got so all we've got sorts the of Oculus VR versus kit. the versus the Vive, so people can see what the difference is for once. Yeah, it's all sorts of VR kit. We've you know we've got a, a demonstration which I think you um, you're involved in running, aren't you, Colin? Uh, oh, the the Google Cardboard one, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> the well, Oculus it's, Thrift. <laughs> well, well, it, the thing is, and the thing we've got to remember here is that you know some of the people that come to LaveCon aren't necessarily as clued in about Oculus and Vive and and everything else. And certainly, one of the highlights last year was seeing um, somebody. Uh, use the um, is it the gear? Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody used the gear for the first time and and immediately sort of see what you know how cool it was and how you could you, you could make it work. So yeah, I you know I mean just getting a, a cross section to to look at all the different iterations, which is one of the reasons why I'm still bringing the Oculus DK1. You know because it's 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 cool to to kind of try it. Uh, particularly if you've never tried VR, it's it's cool to try it and see how it's evolved. Um, and we've got Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, which, of course, works on DK2. So, you know, that will be good fun. Um, so, yeah, you know, oh, tons of stuff. Out of interest, tons of, tons Alan, of have you seen the new Oculus consumer unit yet? No, not at all. No, I, I should be very interested to have a go with it. Um, and I've also not seen the Vive, so um, it would be really interesting to see how it you know how it works excellent <laughs> I, yeah, I put, put them into alien isolation while playing that yeah game. well i i'm game i'm game i'm i i have no issue with playing a horror game i think that'll be fine i've i've no problem with playing a horror game um slender alien isolation whatever bring it you know i'm i'm down with that the experience i think is is you know is worth it in terms of the way in which it you know, it sort of goes Nappies okay. for Commander Stroud. Nappies for <laughs> Commander Stroud. <laughs> yeah, frighten me. Frighten me. Frighten me. Um, okay, so, I, yeah, I, I mean, we can't kind of, kind of, you know, eulogize any more about LaveCon. I think we're going to bore people. But as well as that, what we do have there is the LAN room with all the, um, you know, all the, the commanders who are choosing to bring their PCs for a, a massive LAN link up of, uh, of Elite Dangerous, which... I think this year, because of the fact that we've got planetary landing and because we've got all these other things, there's a real opportunity to sort of wing up, group up, and do something pretty cool. So I'm, I know that John Stabler's thinking about different activities that are going on in the land room. Um, I'm sure different commanders will have some ideas. We've also got the, um, the ship's hangar that's being brought in there as well that so you can view ships which is going to be very cool um which i think is vr enabled so um so yes that will be be very funky so yeah you know i mean there's 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 loads to do and we're this year one of the things that happened last year is the land room's a little bit out of the way so this year we're going to try to make sure that um, people in the land room know what's going on elsewhere and um people elsewhere know what's going on in the land room so we can you know we can kind of Make sure that you know the the two things are kind of connected throughout the event. Okay, so is there any other bits and pieces you guys want me to go through? Any things that have come up in the last hour and a half? <laughs> there is oh, the yeah. small thing about the uh, the RPG. Dave ah, Hughes. Yes. Dave Hughes has. Um, 
uh, he wasn't going to be running a whole load of sessions uh, this this year, mostly because uh, he was trying to get the thing released in time. Uh, however, due to uh, other circumstances, it does seem that it's been delayed. So we are going to be running a special one-off RPG session with the full thing. So you've got the full RPG, the full miniatures rules that are incorporated with it so that people can see the whole thing work through from front to back. And at the moment, me and Dave are working on that, coming up with something that will be uh, uh, surprising, to, to mm. say the least. Well, that sounds good fun. Um, and I know that uh, the plan with that is to have a short demo, isn't it, in the, um, yeah. in the main room, on the main schedule, and then uh, break that out to, uh, to a dedicated room. Uh, and, uh, and obviously, it's going to be you're looking at a scenario that's going to encourage audience participation and audience involvement, which I think would be great. So it's a real opportunity for that to be good fun and very entertaining. Those poor, poor players. Oh, yes. <laughs> very poor. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So I think that pretty much does it for this week. So um, I'm going to go through and uh, let's go through our shout outs. So who have we got in game, Ben? talk about i'm um, just restarting the twitch stream because of some problems okay well i'll come back to you then so um who's in it's the it's back in there so okay sure um it's, it's just uh commander bapster commander roger miranda and we've got an imperial courier there if the imperial courier could say something then that would be awesome because i don't know who you are uh, <laughs> but we've moved around a bit because we've been flying back and forth between the Oh, between the orange sidewinder and here. Fair, fair. I think ben, you one do, of you do know how your scanner works, don't you? Yes, I do, but I'm not looking at it. Um, <laughs> one of the um, one of the ideas, actually, uh, with you mentioning the orange sidewinder, one of the ideas for an activity in um, the Lavecon land room: dual head to head beat the orange sidewinder. So it is something <laughs> that that we are looking at. Um, you know, minimal guns. Um, you know, Sidewinder versus Sidewinder combat. See if uh, you can take out the uh, the pilot. Um, okay, so in the IRC chat, who have we got? We have got Commander underscore Penguin, <coughs> Academic Dust 894, Arkham Buzz, Commander Bapster, Commander Highbite, Commander Icefire, Commander Lucius NCJ, Commander Starion, Commander Tier Time, Commander Zesty, Commander Thane, hello, Dr. Sinister, Gimli, Junkalo, myself, and Ripped, which is R1PPED. Okay. Um, and in Twitch, Ben, are you back into the Twitch chat? I am, but I don't know Twitch well enough to actually tell you who's in it. <laughs> oh, I can. Okay, good. Okay. So we've got... Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> A lot? Uh, AR Beaumont... Khan B666, Commander Garrick, Commander Silmar, Cometborn, Frying Bullet, Giggity One, Jimmy Woe, Cano Magnus, Laguna Hunter, Mac 71, Second 2001, Stephen Usher, Thomas 180573, Twisted 19, okay, Ali Jiagu, Ali Jiagu, something like that, Ulysses Wolf, Varulia, Whoever 11, Watcher, and Zadnost. See, this is reminding me of um, Welcome Week when I get my student intake and 
uh, we have to to go through and dole out the registers to the personal tutors. Uh, <laughs> and I, I take prime satisfaction in, in making other people read the registers for the first time. So, uh, yeah, you know, this is because <laughs> they have to do all the pronunciations, which is, you know, and they basically apologize beforehand. So, uh, so all good. Um, that's, yeah. That's why I kind of didn't like Poland going out because it, it was nice to hear the commentators suffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me, trust me. Polish names are not necessarily the, uh, the trickiest for, for, for us to get our heads around. Um, so yeah, so, okay. So, so great, fantastic to, to everyone that's, um, that's stuck around to, to listen tonight. Um, we're ending a little early cause it is a little bit of a light week. So that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, um, and please do, you know, we're always interested, particularly if it's at the moment LaveCon related or anything else, you know, please do get in touch with us. You can email info at laveradio.com. You can get hold of us on Facebook slash Lave Radio uh, or at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl slash Lave Radio. Or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat. Grant, which is the TeamSpeak server we're using at the moment? It is teamspeak.laveradio.com. Okay. Lave Radio is recorded live on Tuesday evenings at 20.30 BST at the moment. So that would be when we started. And streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to Ben. Thank you to Colin. Thank you to Grant. And thank you to all the people that decided to join us during the show, decided to listen, um, enjoy your adventures out there, and fly safe. And if you can't do that, please do fly dangerous. Take care. Two seconds, I'll be right back.